0: If you want to know how to get in touch with Marie or find out what's on her calendar, there's a variety of ways to do so. Become Marie's friend on Facebook or follow her on Twitter. Check out Marie's new website. It has a whole new look and added features like Chakra of the Month and a live Twitter feed. Sign up for Marie's free newsletter. Each quarter, she writes an in-depth article in response to Dear Marie questions. Email Marie if you'd like your question to be answered in an upcoming edition. For more information, visit Marie's website, energyintuitive.com, or call 425-825-5671.
1: Welcome to the Marie Cherry Show, where energy and medicine meet. I will be your host for the next hour. I have over 16 years of professional healthcare experience and began my career as an energy medicine practitioner while working as an oncology nurse at a Seattle area hospital. My medical background combined with intuitive insights and skill in moving energy have been a catalyst for transformation in many people's lives. I hope the next hour will be transformative for you as well. Hello and welcome to the Marie Cherry Show. We are live here in Seattle, a gorgeous, gorgeous sunny Seattle. In fact, I was telling Alyssa, my assistant, as we're driving here to um, South Bellevue to the radio station... I wish we could go out to lunch, um, but uh, we don't have enough time. I have to go back to work and, uh, and see clients, but Thursday, she reminded me, we're going to be working on um, all the beautiful things that we need to do some edits to the book that will be out next March, and um, so we're going to go out to lunch on Thursday. It's gorgeous outside, Eric. I mean, really, we can't disagree on the weather today.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. a beautiful day. It's
1: gorgeous. So what is the temp? Do you know?
0: Uh, last I checked, uh-huh. which was a few minutes ago, it yeah. could have warmed up a little. It was 53 degrees. So wow, I'm it sure.
1: feels warmer than that.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's warming up pretty quick. Oh,
1: wow. It's gorgeous. Yes. Well, I'm very happy to be home, although I could leave for Italy Welcome tomorrow. Welcome back. We're Thank so happy you. to have you back.
0: Yeah. Although I got to say, Ainsley McLeod and uh-huh. Dr. Sheila dunn both did wonderful jobs oh, filling in. But. I'm
1: so glad they did.
0: It is the Marie Manutarii show after all, <laughs> so we're very happy to have you back.
1: Oh, thank you. And I'm so grateful that they were willing to step in and host while I was gone. It's just wonderful to have their visions and their ideas and uh, their thoughts and their guests because Ainsley had a guest on w- one of the days that he was in the studio.
0: That's right, India R.E. Wow. Yeah, songwriter, uh, and she was great.
1: Oh, That is so great. I can't wait to listen to it. When I have time, i listen to the podcast. And Eric, have you been to Italy? Because I know you've traveled over Europe quite a bit.
0: I haven't been to Italy yet. That's that's somewhere down the line. I definitely plan on you going. You have to go. It looks I mean, like a lot of fun.
1: Oh, my gosh. First of all, everything smells delicious. I mean, the food is amazing. And here's an interesting thing, too, is I don't eat wheat in the States because it actually bothers my stomach. You know, it doesn't feel good for me. And two of my kids don't eat wheat either. And I could eat all the wheat I wanted in Italy. So they must use a different variety. Um, yeah, I could eat pasta, bread, never had a stomachache. So, of course, mm. every day I'm eating bread, every meal, pasta like you can't believe. Luckily, you walk everywhere. So exactly. you don't gain any weight. Yeah. You know, like I probably would have gained at least five pounds with all of the gelato and <laughs> uh, and wheat that I ate. But, yeah, it was just lovely. So If anybody out there has been wanting to go to Italy, I highly encourage you to. And I even traveled by myself for half of my trip and I had a wonderful time, felt very safe, and uh, got everywhere where I needed to go. The people were incredibly um, helpful and kind and patient because I don't speak Italian. And it was just a really wonderful trip. So I highly recommend it.
0: Hopefully, you said grazie. I
1: did. And they love it. Prego. You know, they love it when people say thank you. So, yeah.
0: And and you said, Prego? are we talking about sauce <laughs> yeah. again? All right. Right, right. Yeah,
1: no. Yeah, I didn't know what that meant at first, I must admit, but I've quickly figured it out. Yeah, that's great. So today is um, Boot Camp for the Soul Tuesday, and we're talking about karma.
0: Mm. Mm-hmm. What happens when your karma runs over your dogma? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably not good things. Not I good would, part. I would imagine, right? Um, but karma is actually a good thing, uh, and people look at it as scary and bad. And when things are going bad in their life, they're like, "Oh my god, it must be karma! I did something bad in a past life," which could be true. I think we've all done things. Uh, everything that people do today that we think is awful, we've probably done them. You know, historically throughout history, because we all grow consciously through life experiences. So, um, that's one of the reasons why we learn not to judge other people, even criminals, because yeah, maybe in a past life we did something like that too. Um, but karma is always good. And and when things are even going weird in your life, even when you're uh, positively manifesting, thinking positively about it, if things go weird, it's really okay. It could be that karmically it's not the perfect moment. Um, for things to work out the way you want them to, or maybe there's something you need to learn to really have it evolve into a better place. Mm-hmm. So karma is always a positive thing. It's not negative. It's really about the balance of life. And uh, so that's what we're talking about is embracing karma and wherever your life is right now, because that will give you the energy to help shift it. And we're going to be taking phone calls today.
0: Well, yeah, absolutely. And I want to give out those phone numbers, but can you, can you, for those of us that maybe not uh, are, <laughs> are not as highly evolved or Uh, quite on the spiritual plane as you are. Uh, Could you maybe explain the concept of karma for us a little bit?
1: Well, I can guarantee you that we're, we all are evolving. So I think the universe doesn't think as one person is more evolved as another. Um, So we're all in the delicious soup together and and our own personal evolution affects everyone else. So we're really all in the soup together. Well, karma, it's kind of like, um, I always look at it in terms of nature. If we overly strip the mountain tops, and we don't plant and Mm -hmm. we're not careful about stripping one area too much Mm -hmm. or um let's say we've stripped an entire mountain and we have all these seedlings but now we're going to strip the bottom parts of the mountain i mean it's just it's not a good idea i mean ultimately we're going to have too much runoff we're not going to have um old growth to protect um nature and provide homes for so
0: really kind of the concept of reaping what you sow
1: yeah, it, it really is. And and so when you think about karma, too, it means that everything that you think or say right now is affecting your life. Mm. So it's almost like every time you have a thought or you speak a word, you're creating a yellow brick road in front of you. And the brick road can change direction based mm. on what you think or say. And so, you know, it's not to become paranoid so that you overthink and process and, and are terrified to open up your mouth, but it's about being just a little bit more conscientious. Mm. Like, would that be a good idea? Would that feed me or the world at large? If I were to speak about this particular topic or is complaining helping me mm-hmm. or is it ripping the soil away from the mountaintop <laughs> kind of. Right. So that's how karma is. And and of course, the the lack of consciousness that a person has, the more they're going to probably have more karmic in, intervention because the universe is always trying to bring things to balance. Just like we now know in mm-hmm. the Northwest, we have to plant trees yeah. and we can't harvest them too soon. Right. And we're okay with it and we're doing a pretty good job. Mm-hmm. But we didn't know that in the beginning.
0: Now, do you think karma is always working? I mean, mm-hmm. um, I, like a couple of days ago, uh, I saw a news story about a guy who stole like a donation jar, ran outside, got hit by a bus. Oh, my God. And people said, well, that's instant karma. <laughs> and then I said, eh, OK. But then what about somebody like, say, Donald Trump, who seems to be <laughs> the world's biggest jerk and yet is super successful?
1: Yeah, is well, you know, his hair is this? pretty bad. Well, I mean that. Okay. <laughs> he's got pretty bad But yes, karma, it, it doesn't always happen in the moment. It's kind of like that old adage that maybe your mother has said to you that the truth always comes out. You know, it, it could take decades mm. for truth to come out. I certainly have had a lot of experiences in my life where um, I I've didn't want to say the whole truth about a certain situation because I, I just wanted to move on. And maybe not everybody knew what was really going on in my life Mm -hmm. Um, but I just didn't want to talk about it anymore. And and 10, 15 years go by, and everybody knows, not because of anything I said, but this interesting balancing act happens where um, the truth is unfolded. Uh So, yeah. And, and, you know, maybe that guy who stole from the collection um, cup or whatever it was, it was his time to go, I think, because I don't think Mm -hmm. karma... Is like you steal something and you're dead, you right? Because <laughs> well, that it was a be donation
0: too... jar for a charity. <laughs> I for guess. A charity. So yeah, mm-hmm. that's pretty bad.
1: That's a pretty well, yes. But getting killed by a bus—that's, right. you know—that reminds me of the Middle East where they cut off your hand when you steal bread. You exactly. know. And remember, a lot of the, the rules that we have on Earth are not made by creation or God or the universe; they're man-made. Uh-huh. Even marriage licenses are not really, in my opinion, ordained by the universe. Loving, hmm. compassionate relationships are but not necessarily a marriage. It just depends on what the marriage means.
0: I'm going to remind the girlfriend of that.
1: (laughs) Okay. Uh, Okay.
0: I want to give out the phone numbers right now for folks to call in today. They can talk about uh, karma or whatever they like. have 425-373-5527. That's 425-373-5527 or toll-free 877-825-8828. That's 877-825-8828.
1: Beautiful. And so why don't we go ahead to our first caller?
0: Very good. Let's talk to Charles in Toronto.
1: Hi, Charles. How are you?
2: Very good, Marie. Welcome back.
1: Oh, thank you. Have you been to Italy, Charles?
2: Uh, Yes, a number of years ago.
1: Did you like it? I had
2: a great time there. Oh,
1: my gosh. Yeah, amazing. Absolutely amazing. So what can I do for you today?
2: Well, I was listening to one of your podcasts a few months ago, and I believe it was called The Other Side. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I thought about it for a few minutes. I thought, geez, that's, I think today's
1: my mother's birthday. Oh. It turned out it was. Oh, my
2: gosh. And she passed for a little over 30 years. So oh, my gosh. I'm just curious if there's any messages from her around. Sure.
1: Well, obviously, you're very insightful because I don't think it was a coincidence that you were reading that particular podcast and were reminded of your mother's birthday. And, of course, she's been gone for a long time, so it's easy to... To, you know, kind of forget those um, things for a period of time. So obviously she was trying to communicate with you. Um, I'm really sorry about your mom's passing, by the way. I kind of get the, you're welcome. I I get this feeling like it was an untimely death. You know, like, I don't know the circumstances, obviously, but I can tell you that I don't believe your mother was ready to go. And, And I believe on a soulful, subconscious level she was, but on a conscious level, it was like the furthest thing from her desire was to leave you and if you have siblings or, you know, other family members. Um, no. Yeah, it's not what she wanted. Um, y- your mom works hard on the other side. She, so some people have jobs. Well, mo- lots of people do. Like, um, I'll definitely work when I'm on the other side because I don't know really how not to work unless I'm in a foreign country and I can't speak the language. Um, then I seem to know how to relax. But, um, yeah, your mother works very hard on the other side. She has a very interesting job. Um, she works kind of in the healthcare industry, if you will, but not for beings on the other side. She works, she organizes actually young people who have passed early in life who are on the other side. She organizes them to help other young people who are still in a body but who are terminally ill. She organizes the ones who are not in a body to go into hospital rooms and hospice and home care to um, help adapt uh, the person who's going to be leaving their body, she helps um, organize all of that. Isn't that interesting? Oh, great. Mm-hmm. And she loves her job. Your mom likes to organize, so she's probably very organized in life. Um, yes, yeah, she was. Mm-hmm. She's and she just loves her job very much. But she wants me to tell you, she's or she's been saying it like twenty or thirty times that how much she loves you. Just she she's very proud of you. She said you've turned out to be a wonderful man, and despite losing her, you know, so early. And uh, she also says that um she must have aged quite a bit before she died. Is that true?
2: Uh, not not really.
1: Huh. Did she gray early or
2: If she did, she hid it from me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Did she have a lot of stress before she passed?
2: Uh yeah, I might she might have had the yes, I think I could probably yes uh-huh. to that.
1: Yeah, <laughs> my original translation was like that she had aged like, you know, challenges or her health or I don't know the circumstances because she's not showing me how she actually died. Um, or, you know, she said they prevented her really from, she wished she had connected with you more, you know, um, prior to her leaving. She felt like there was some form of distraction for her. Uh, I've already told her mental telepathically because I can see her as a parent and I'm telling her, oh no, you did a great job. What are you talking about? You know. she, didn't actually... she did. Yeah. Very loving parent. And what I, told her, and of course I'm telling you now, is that, you you know, and I know you probably feel this way now, but not so much 30 years ago, that to have a parent, even for a short period of time, who's so loving and nurturing is priceless. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And so that's what I keep telling her. Um, but so she's dedicated to helping families who are going to lose young children. She's, hel- she's very dedicated into helping in the transition of that loss, um, particularly
2: kids here.
1: Really? So what did she do here?
2: Uh, Well, she was a homemaker, Uh but uh, she volunteered for a children's aid society in the area and would get families and kids around to different appointments around the community and things like that.
1: Wow. Wow. So she's, you know, doing similar work, but more multidimensional and um, picking the right young person who's not in a body to sit with those that are and help the connection so that that person can leave. Because children are more apt to sense people from the other side, and they're more apt to believe that there is a soul or a spirit or an angel near them. And, uh, you know, sometimes in hospitals um, they may play games with them, actually, you know, because they're in hospitals a long time and maybe alone at night. And so your mother helps organize all of that.
2: Amazing. That's great to
1: hear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for calling. It was a pleasure talking to you in Toronto.
2: Thank you very much.
1: Have a great, Have day. A great day. Thank you. Bye bye.
0: All right. Are we ready for our next caller? Sure. Very good. Let's talk to Leela in Seattle.
1: Hi, Leela. How are you?
3: Um, I could be better.
1: Oh, I'm sorry um, to hear that.
3: Uh, Well, first of all, welcome back, Marie. Thank you. you. I like hearing about
1: Italy. Oh, Um, my gosh. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. I'd like to go there someday. Well, and I hope you do. And, you know, um, I I haven't really met a lot of people who've traveled to Sicily. That was my third destination in my trip. And um, so I'm I'm recommending that because not a lot of tourists go to Sicily. uh, Because you really do kind of need to drive there. And the drivers are, sorry, Sicily, but crazy. I mean, insane. But fortunately, um, one of my friends there is an excellent driver and uh, kept us safe and uh, was able to compete with all the crazy drivers and we had wonderful sights. But it's a fun place to wonderful. visit because not a lot of tourists. So, what can I do for you?
3: Well, I'm calling because I have a health issue. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
3: I've, I've had a history of fibroids, and um, um, last month I had an ultrasound just you know for the... you know, just
4: uh, checkup.
2: Yeah,
3: yeah, just for a checkup. Um, because I'd had one eight years ago. And, you know, it, I have a lot more fibroids, and they recommended I talk to a surgeon. So I saw a surgeon today. She's very uh-huh. nice, but she said some things that were just really shocking. Um, she said, um, I'm basically carrying the equivalent of a four- to five-month pregnancy. I mean, uh-huh. my uterus got so much bigger in the right last stretched. eight
1: years. Uh-huh.
3: And I just feel really, really, really strongly that I don't want surgery and I don't want the other options. She, she suggested, I really believe it was created energetically and I would really like to address it that way. Oh,
1: what a nice doctor.
3: Oh, she didn't say that. Oh, she didn't say that. Okay, okay. No, no that's what I that's what you believed think. And I and I was as I was looking at her I'm thinking that to myself while she was I just wanted to hear what the medical establishment said. Sure. Um um to sort of keep my options open. But inside I was just really feeling that <laughs> I mean I just it's shocking to me. The comparison she made, that I'm sure she's right. And right, I just wanted to know if you had any tools for me. And sure, you're talking about karma. Like <laughs> it's, it's, it's related that way. Cause I just, I can't believe I'm sort of carrying that around. She said my uterus is like up, way, way up.
1: Yes, like, about yeah.
3: my stomach. You know, right, right. Um, well, and
1: do you mind me asking how old you are?
3: I'm 41.
1: Okay, so you're you're young. And so what happens when women go into menopause is many times, um, and of course, I'm not a doctor. I just know from talking to doctors and, and having patients who have certain health issues um, that, uh, that sometimes fibroids start to um, get smaller and disappear because of the hormones that are in less production or have shifted. It can actually be a positive thing for women who are menopausal, um, mm-hmm. their um, fibroids. But you're a little bit of ways away from that. I mean, everyone's different. Some people start early, but, you know, you're 41, you're young. Yeah. So so are they...
3: They're huge. I mean, they're so big, she said. Right.
1: So I'm sorry,
3: go ahead. Are they
1: recommending a hysterectomy then?
3: Well, she said it's an option if I wanted that. Mm -hmm. She said I could just wait until menopause. Right. um, She said they'll probably continue to get bigger until then. Um, But she also, um, you know, has these other options Uh, seem kind of drastic you know just going in there and cauterizing right um and taking the um myo or something some lining um yeah
1: yeah, so so, i
3: don't want any of that and i just (laughs) you
1: know well here's um, what i recommend first of all the cauterization is a great idea it's a it's a less invasive surgery you maintain the organ that means that probably most of your fibroids and i don't know for sure because i'm not a physician are not in the lining of your uterus which um that makes it more challenging apparently to remove them so so here's the energetic emotional reason why women have fibroids it's about repressed anger so the first thing you want to do is start expressing your anger because regardless of what you choose to do whether you wait until menopause or you have the cauterization which i think is a good game plan by the way but again it's your body and you get to make your own decisions oh, which was
4: a good plan
1: the cauterization oh
4: okay
1: yeah and um But regardless of whatever you're going to choose, you need to work on the anger. Because first of all, if you work on releasing anger, then whatever procedure you decide to do or not to do is going to work better. Number one, you'll have better results, you'll have quicker healing, or you could avoid a procedure. So um, do you allow yourself to get angry? I think so. I mean,
3: I... I don't consider myself an angry person, but yeah, if I'm if I'm annoyed, I'll you know (laughs) let people know it. But Uh so I guess I'm surprised because I don't feel you know
1: angry. Mm -hmm.
3: Yeah, that angry. But um, -hmm. I just felt like it seemed like symbolic of birth. Like I wanted to give birth to something, and that's why my
1: yeah. Except for but these things don't they they stay inside. They don't move. And birth is about moving through a canal or pushing oh. through something and fibroids actually stop up things and you know stretch oh. uteruses and can cause increased bleeding and you know they they, ha- they have all kinds of interesting symptoms associated with them the great thing is they're benign they're not cancerous that's all fantastic that's but they're basically tumors that's what they are so mm-hmm. so what I would recommend to work on the anger is to actually throw a couple temper tantrums a week <laughs> okay L- lay on the floor. <laughs> kick and scream, act like you're two and just Mm -hmm. yell and, you know, get some stuff out. You don't have to even think about what you're angry about. Just start the procedure. I know I call it a procedure, but just go ahead and lay down and throw a temper tantrum and the anger will start to um, move out of your body. And probably underneath the anger is sorrow because generally um, that's what happens. There's really sadness or pain and we cover it up with anger. And so as the anger moves out of your body, then the sorrow and pain like osmosis will just start to move out of your body too. And you'll notice a nice shift of your energy. Um, and, and then I think you're going to have more clarity about what to do. Maybe some of the, the tumors or fibroids will shrink, which would be nice, Mm -hmm. um, which could give you more hope or maybe, um, the cauterization sounds more interesting and less of a risk factor for you. Um, things Mm -hmm. of that nature or, um, you know, five or six years from now, hopefully longer. You start to go into menopause, and they start to shrink. Or at any rate, it will positively affect your choices and your healing. And That's I would, good. I would do the temper tantrums for about, you know, consistently for about four months, mm,
3: okay, twice a, a week. Times a week. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Yeah, and do then keep see, keep me oh, posted sorry. on it too. Go ahead. Do you see anything comically related, or? Well, anything that we're working on in this lifetime, it is a, a representation of previous lifetimes. so um I, I I would imagine if we were to look at it karmically that even though you may speak about your frustration, I do your frustrations I do think that you tend to bottle up um, how you feel and you don't let people really know until you hit that a certain level. So there isn't like consistent more in the moment ex- expression of your emotions which could be that you're not as aware of them because of the repressed anger as well.
5: Oh, okay.
1: So uh, doing the exercise will really help with your awareness of you and what Mm -hmm. you're feeling. Okay. So look at these beautiful fibroids as a gift because they're helping you shift, and it's something that you really want to shift about or you wouldn't have them.
3: Yeah. 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 Well, thanks, Marie. You're welcome. I just really feel like I needed to be more conscious um in a deeper way about you know what's going on so
1: absolutely you want to use your intuition and your insights when you're making decisions about anything in life including your health yeah excellent yeah
5: yeah,
4: yeah.
1: well thank you so much you're welcome have a wonderful <laughs> day I'm back again oh, oh thank you yeah and we're going <laughs> to okay. take a break oh bye-bye we're going to take a break here on the Re-Menu Cherry show and we'll be right back with boot camp for your soul
0: and if you want to call in you can at 425-373-5527 toll-free 877-825-8828. That's
4: 877-825-8828. Join Marie once a Quarter in 2011 for her new Thursday evening class, Stepping into Consciousness. This two-hour-long seminar will teach you how to positively live in this reality and how to reawaken yourself from the dreamlike state where most of us humans reside. Come interact with like-minded people, and you may even receive a mini-reading. Upcoming Stepping Into Consciousness classes will be held on May 19th, August 18th, and October 20th from 7 to 9 p.m. at the Redmond Town Center Marriott. Register online at energyintuitive.com or call 425-825-5671. There's an exciting
6: new astrology hour, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. with Deborah Silverman. Deborah's unique blend of psychology and astrology turns planetary language into plain English. Join us for an interactive hour that's guaranteed to give you personal insights in a fun and entertaining way. Tune in to Deborah Silverman Live. Whatever your life question, marriage, job, family... Relocation, or just curiosity, call for a live reading Tuesdays at 5 p.m. and visit Deborah's website at DeborahSilverManAstrology.com.
0: The Gary Mance Show, it's the home of mastery and mystery.
6: Celebrate 100 years of Hollywood filmmaking this Saturday on Mance and Mitchell in the Morning with the great-granddaughter of the man who created Hollywood. Next, Mark Matusik tells us why the call to do the right thing has never been louder and analyzes what makes us good. Then it's the triumphant return of the happy medium, Jody LaVon, with her insight into the other side. That's Mance and Mitchell in the Morning, Saturday at 10, followed by the Gary Mance Show at 11 Pacific. Have you ever wondered who you were in a past life? Did you know that our past lives play a pivotal role in who we are today? We'll come learn about your past lives at Marie's Past Life Integration Workshop, Saturday, July 23rd from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. at the Courtyard by Marriott on Lake Union. In this day-long interactive workshop, Marie will share her interpretation of your past lives, and offer healing techniques to serve as a catalyst for positive change in this lifetime. Sign up online at energyintuitive.com or call Marie's office at 425-825-5671 to register.
1: Some people know a good thing when they hear it. Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. And welcome back to Marie Manu Cherry Show. It's Tuesday, Bootcamp for Your Soul. And the challenge for uh, today, number 11, is to embrace karma. To even ask the question, well, why is this happening right now? Not like, oh my God, why is this happening right now? But more out of curiosity mm-hmm. rather than fear. And, and then you'll get some really great insights. Or at the very least, the fear will go, go away and you won't mm-hmm. be in constant worry or doubt or anxiety about whatever's happening in your life, which truly doesn't help much anyway unfortunately, or fortunately, um, depending on where you are in not worrying.
0: <laughs> well, we, you know, received uh, some email questions here, and I thought uh, it might be a good time to get in one of these before we run back to our phones that uh, are lighting up right now. So, Wonderful. Awesome. Sounds Great. Well, let's uh, take this question from Mahire. I think that's how... We say her name, and Mahir, uh, if that is completely wrong, I do apologize <laughs> because uh, I haven't seen your name before, but it is a lovely name. So, dear Marie, do you see a cure for juvenile diabetes in the near future? I have a diabetic child. What is the best way to help and nurture our children?
1: Oh, that is so beautiful. Um, well, diabetes is, a, is an interesting disease. It's autoimmune, so it's going to be related to the third chakra, the solar plexus. And, of course, it's a pancreas involvement because the cells aren't producing insulin and in type 1, which is child diabetes, um, which is a problem. That's why you have to have insulin regularly and really monitor. Um, and it, there is, at this point, no cure for it. Pumps are fantastic because they help maintain um, better consistency of blood sugars <laughs> Excuse me, over long periods of time. So that's really lovely. But... Um, I I do think that type one diabetes is uh, definitely from a previous lifetime because it happens fairly early in life for uh, a lot of young people. And um, it's about not feeling safe enough to be nurtured Um, because the pancreas um, and its ability to release insulin that then moves into the cells, you know, moves sugar into the cells. That's, um, it's kind of like honey, thinking of honey about being nurtured and loved and it's delicious. And so there's this tendency for those who are type 1 diabetic to be very hard workers, really organized, controlling, stubborn. Um, And I say that with all love, by the way. And of course, I don't know if your child is actually like this. And so I think that um, we can help people have better long-lasting results with that particular disease and less side effects like cardiac and neuropathy and kidney disease. Um, if they also learn to nurture themselves, because that's truly our best nurturing that we will ever receive in life comes from ourselves. And I do think there is a cure around the corner. I really do. Um, I think maybe, you know, eight years out, I do think there'll be, and they may do start trials sooner, but I'm in an eight, eight years from now, I think we're going to notice some advancements in the treatment and cure of diabetes. So that's my answer.
0: All right, great. Would you like to take another phone yeah, call now? No.
1: Okay, sure. Let's go for a phone call.
0: Okay, let's talk to Wanda in Olympia.
1: Hi, Wanda. How are you? How are
5: you? Oh, hi. I'm just great.
1: Good. What can I do for you?
5: Well, I have uh, been on a, a journey of change and transformation for the last five years, and I wondered um, what the next step
1: looks like. Mm-hmm. You mean in terms of, is there going to be more transformation and journey for you, or just what's around the corner for you?
5: Um, what's around the corner, I'm mm-hmm. sure, is a process of uh, continuing growth. Um, but within the last five years, um, my dearly beloved died. I Aww. had a new relationship. You know. Yeah. It's, um,
1: That's I, a lot.
5: It is a lot. I stopped uh, the career that I was in and developed a new business.
1: And, wow. Uh,
5: yeah, a lot has changed. Well, I
1: think you're ready for a break. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's a lot. Really, you know, losing a partner, but then finding another one. What a blessing. Um, recognizing that your career doesn't suit you and then discovering a new one and creating a business out of it. I mean, I think you really do for a break. When I look at your org field, I don't see a lot of activity for like explosive growth. That doesn't mean there won't be incredible growth, but maybe not explosive, like the growth you couldn't really control over the last five years. And and of course, we don't really control anything, truly. But I think this is a time for you to really rest, rejuvenate. Um, You're going to be doing a lot of work on your intuition. Your third eye is very highlighted. And you're learning how to understand when you are using your intuition and when you're not, and to trust yourself. So that usually happens more through calm. Calmness, that development, um, needs to happen when we're not having to go through so much transition, I think. Um, So that's what I think is coming up around the corner for you.
5: All right. Is there um, anything that I specifically should um, uh, be doing or exploring, or is it just a matter of uh, waiting for life to unfold?
1: Well, you know, I think this is more of a time of rejuvenation, you know, not working so hard. Uh, and you tend to be a hard worker and learning how to really rest can be more of a challenge for you. And so I would definitely, you know, how much rest have I done? How much has been recuperative? Did I enjoy myself today? Not just, did you just work really hard? And and I know for you, work can be fun because um, I feel very much the same way, but there is a big difference when it comes to playing. You know, authentic playing is very different than work. So if anything, it would be that and really, again, focusing on your intuition because, your third eye is quite purple, but what I'm being told is that you're not utilizing it. You second guess, you over guess, and it tires you a little bit, so you sometimes just put it off to the side. And I do believe your guides want you to spend more time really building that muscle. Okay. Okay? All right. Thank you. Thank you. So you. Much. Have a great day. Okay. Thank bye. you. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Sure. Yeah, Eric's showing me the list of questions. Yeah, go right
0: ahead. <laughs> All right, let's take another email, Jim Marie. I work with a woman who thinks I'm a fabulous healing presence in in her life. Sounds good. She loves to come with me with her problems, and she'll cry to me for forty five minutes at a time, oh several days per week. Oh my gosh! That doesn't sound so good. No, <laughs> this friendship she puts in quotes right. is driving me nuts. <laughs> I've set boundaries and that did work for a while, but she's back. When she dumps her problems on me, it affects me for the entire day. To me, it seems like she's enjoying wallowing in her misery. And to be truthful, I don't want to listen to it anymore, but I also don't want to hurt or be hurtful to her. Any advice on how to deal with her would be greatly appreciated. Thanks from Melinda.
1: That's a really good question. Thanks a lot for reading that, Eric. Well, I would say hurt the heck out of her because um, you're being hurt in the process and whatever boundaries you set weren't strong enough. And some people, you just have to really lay down the law that I'm sorry, this isn't working for me. I feel drained when I'm around you. I'm really sorry that you're having these problems, but I don't believe I'm helping you. And I mean, these are just suggestions of things you could say to her because I think what's going to happen, first of all, I don't think you will hurt her. I think that she's more self-involved and more worried about herself. Obviously, she's not thinking about you because what we want is people to be aware of how they're affecting others around them. She has no awareness of this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So if you feel like you're hurting her, you're on the right track. Set very strong boundaries and don't back down. She needs to pay for her therapy. Um, That would be, probably would, Encourage her to actually do the work.
0: I was just going to say, maybe just have her lie down on a couch and charge her fifty dollars an hour. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe two hundred bucks an hour <laughs> or whatever. Hour. Yeah. You know, but you, you got to start yes, somewhere, right? Know. But I think <laughs> might that, be sliding scale. <laughs> <laughs> I think Melinda just doesn't want to even do it. You right, know, right. you know, and what I look at when I think of Melinda, um, but we were on the same page about she needs a therapist, a professional therapist is that I think Melinda will have more fun because she really does like to help people, but help people who are motivated to create change and can come mm-hmm. back and report positive results. And that's so much fun rather than the whiners who don't want to do the work. Yeah. So those are my thoughts. <laughs> yeah. So why don't we go ahead and go back to the phone lines? Excellent. Let's talk to Anne in Covington. Hi, Anne. How are you?
4: Hi, Marie. I'm good. Thank you. How
1: are you? I am great. I'm still, honestly, recovering from a little bit of jet lag. You know, it's a long flight home, you know, like uh, 20 hours between um, uh, airplane rides and uh, layovers. And uh, yeah, so I'm still recovering from that. (laughs) Yeah. What can I do for you? Well,
4: usually I'm pretty good at expressing, well, getting people to understand me. Mm -hmm. But lately it seems like I'll talk And people just don't get what I'm trying to say. And just karmically, why is this happening now? And what's going on? You're
1: (laughs) so adorable. Oh, my gosh, Anne, you're so adorable. So here's what Um, I think. I think that um, you have really grown a lot, particularly in the last two years, 18 months for sure. I mean, it's like, wow, packed in there, a lot of growth for you. And so you see life very differently than some of the people that are around you. So in a way... You need to have different people around you. And I, I don't mean you have to completely walk away from the people that are, are in your life that you love and you want to have relationships with, but you need to have people who can relate to you. And the ones that are in your life right now, many of them can't. Uh, okay. Yeah. So you're not communicating things incorrectly. You are just communicating thoughts that are beyond their understanding at this moment. Okay. Okay. And and they're and it, it, they are not interested in knowing what it means. Gotcha. Okay, so you need okay. some new people in your life so you can continue to grow in your explanation and your understanding of it and your consciousness regarding it. That's what I'm suggesting. And then you won't feel like you're being misunderstood. And then you can speak. It's it's uh, one way I I look at it is that there are certain people in my life that I don't necessarily have conversations about woo woo with. You know, right. You know and. Um, and maybe we're talking about the driveway or the roofs and the houses or where all the kids are parking their car in the, in the neighborhood. Things that I do still need to talk about that are important, you know, like uh, all those things are important. They may not make me as excited as talking about the other side, um, but it's a balance of relationship and topic matter. And you're seeking a lot more than what your current group of friends can offer you. So you need to find some new people.
4: Any suggestions
1: on inviting those new people in or um, how to find them? (laughs) that's a really great question. And I'm a firm believer, thanks to Mike Dooley, to focus on what you want as if it's already happened. So if you already had these folks and you felt heard and you could grow in the conversation and they loved what you said or, you know, whatever it is that you're truly wanting, if you could feel as if it's already happened... And that's really going to help attract people to you.
4: Wonderful. Okay. All right. I'll work on that. Thank okay. you so much. You're welcome.
1: Have a great day. Thanks for calling. Thank you, too. Bye okay. Bye-bye.
0: All right. Our next caller on the line is Guinevere calling from Seattle.
1: Hi, Guinevere. How are you? Good. Thank you. Nice name. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. What can I do for you?
5: Um. I like, since you're doing doing the karmic uh-huh. thing. I would like to have like a general reading and including the karmic. karmic part. Yeah, I am curious about that karma. Are you curious? What am I doing here?
1: Oh, you know, uh, I actually think that actually people know more about themselves and have quite a bit of information about themselves than they even realize. But I can tell you my perception, which either Answers the question for someone or leads to more of an answer for them, which I always love to do. Um, But when I look at your auric field and your energy system and I think of karma, that's what I did. So I looked at your auric field and you're very open to me because you're like, I want to know, I want to know. And I am immediately on the fourth layer of the field, which is um, all about giving and receiving. It's about love, you know, universal love. And yours is primarily green. Generally, the fourth layer of the field tends to look pink to me but yours looks primarily green. And so I think, which is also a gorgeous color, and it, 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 that's not an unusual thing because the fourth chakra is green, but generally that field is more rose-colored quartz. I think that um, really feeling vulnerable isn't the easiest thing for you. And vulnerability is when we can allow ourselves to be vulnerable, that's when we really allow ourselves to be loved. And uh, so I think that's one of the things you're working on in this lifetime. And I, historically, when I look at your past lives, you've um, had many lifetimes where you've over-sacrificed and you know, you've over-given, you've been overly compassionate. And of course, you know, who, who can say that's a bad thing? But sometimes it's, uh, it's not in our best interest. And so I think that's what's forced you to maybe not be so available because you don't want to do that again. And so you're learning to find that fine line where you can be confident that being open and vulnerable isn't going to hurt you and at the same time allow yourself to have incredible experiences of love physically emotionally spiritually multi-sensory love so that's what i think
5: oh my yikes i've already in the first half of my life i'm in my 50s i've feel like I've already
1: done that, overly sacrificing. <laughs> yeah, well, we tend to repeat patterns, but, but the, st- the pictures that I saw are, you know, more grotesque. You know, we're like in medieval times and different centuries where really bad physical stuff had to you when you sacrifice, sort of. Whereas now, living in North America, you have a different kind of experience with it. So oh. it's it's better and improved. And I would just work on giving yourself permission to feel safe as a vulnerable person because vulnerability to me really equates personal power.
5: So how how do I try to uh, be vulnerable
1: <laughs> yeah. now? Well, when you notice that you're, you know, contracting and going down, tell yourself that you're safe, that it's okay. It's kind of like every time I got lost in Florence um, because my hotel was like 12 blocks away from the downtown area. And you can't really see the landscape well because the buildings are really tall and the streets are very narrow narrow, and there's scooters going really fast all down the roads and around corners. And I would get lost sometimes for like an hour, two hours before I could find my hotel. And there are moments when I would panic and then I'd go, okay, you're fine. Take a deep breath, maybe get a cup of tea. And then eventually, oh, there's my hotel. So it's about telling yourself that you're okay.
5: So I need to just keep telling myself I'm okay. Yeah. I'm safe.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
5: and so when I interact with other people, just keep saying I'm safe. Yeah. Or when crises or decisions come up, just keep trusting, yes.
1: trying to trust. Yes. Yes. So you want to you're creating new coping mechanisms, not to go into the old place of fear and panic, and move into a place of relaxation. And by my third day, you know, I knew even if I got lost for three hours, I was going to eventually find my hotel. And that's the whole fun part of traveling, especially when you're by yourself, is. Getting lost a little bit. So learning to be comfortable in unknown territory for you. Okay? Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great day. Blessing. Thank, thank you. Too. Bye-bye.
0: Okay. Let's go on to our next caller. And we do have Christy on the line calling from Seattle right now.
1: Okay. Hi, Christy. How are you? Hi.
4: I'm, I'm doing better.
5: Okay. Um,
4: it's been only two weeks anyway. My uh whole dilemma is my my dog Rudy, he was a be- I thought he was a healthy nine year old miniature schnauzer. Yeah. And two weeks ago just took him in for a two o'clock exam. He got his leptovirus shot, which protects them against raccoons and viruses. I went home and I believe he had his seizure probably around three, three fifteen. Um, there was vomit in the house and five fifteen. I have two dogs, so I least about the five fifteen to take him out for a walk. He had a seizure in the driveway on a concrete three or four times, thrashing. I had to put my hand to calm him down, got my son to come out, get a blanket, called the vet, said, hey, you just gave my dog a vaccination three hours ago. Now he had a seizure, and he's, like, limp. So I took him in. They said, we close at 7, come back at 10 to 7. I come back. They said they they gave him steroids, IVs. Yeah. They took x-rays. They said, they we saw a mass. We think it's a tumor, so we think he may have had that. But anyway... He said, do you want to take him to the hospital? Do you want to take him home and monitor him all night? I said, I want to take my dog home, and I'll stay up all night with him. In 50, I had my husband it was 7. 15, at 7.15. At 7.30, he went in the back room to get him. He said, come back, Rudy's making the decision. He's dying right now. Aww. And so within a few minutes, he said, he's bleeding internally. You want me to euthanize him? I said, I don't want him in pain. So he got euthanized. But my thing is... <laughs> I've written a letter to Pfizer, that's the manufacturer of the vaccine. Uh-huh. I and it's been a week and, and I talked with him this morning. She went through my, my letter and everything. She said she talked to the vet that examined him. She said his his belly was tender and swollen and as far as we know it's the tumor that caused the death, not mm-hmm. the reaction to the virus. Mm-hmm. I mean the vaccine. So energetically, I want to know what to do because there's a big vet bill, and I don't, you know, I was trying to get Pfizer to pay it because I feel like the seizure was caused and the internal bleeding was caused from the seizure on the concrete.
1: Well, pharmaceutical companies aren't great at uh, taking any responsibility, number one. Yeah,
4: they're sloughing it off, and everybody I've talked to has said he had internal bleeding from the thrashing, from the Mm -hmm. seizure. He could have lived another two
1: two to five years, so I... Well, well, we don't know for sure. I mean, what we do know, know right? What we do know for sure is your dog was at the age. Dogs don't live very long. You know, ten years is kind of. You know, seven to ten years can be the average, depending on the animal, the the breed Uh of dog. Um, So, so we know that. What we do know for sure, it was his time to go. Whether it was vaccine involved or tumor growth or a combination Uh of those things. It was his Uh decision, because I don't believe we leave this world until we're ready to go. It's just unfortunate that it's confusing to know for you as a dog owner. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's heartbreaking, of course.
4: Yeah, because um, it was unexpected. That's what's so weird. It's, right,
1: it's, it's, exactly.
4: I just walked them. I mean, I walk them like an hour a day. Everything's fine. Everything's Aww. good. Boom, go in, get a shot, and within three to five hours, you're dead. That's yeah.
1: just shocking I'm not a me. fan <laughs> of vaccines overall. I mean, I did vaccinate all my children, but I did it on my own timeline, and, and there were some vaccines that I did not you know, encouraged, or I did not allow my kids to be vaccinated with. And I'm kind of like that with my pets, but I seen a holistic vet who's not really into vaccines either. Um, uh-huh. So, but the reality is your beautiful animal was ready to go. And, and that's kind of a quick way to go. You know, it's n- yeah. not like long suffering of, from cancer, uh-huh. not having drawn out seizure activity, you know, so that part's beautiful. I do kind of think it's, it, the Pfizer people do seem interested in what you wrote. So I would kind of Maybe put a little bit of energy in that for a little bit longer, like maybe a week at the most. But if you notice that they're not going to help out, then I wouldn't put any more energy into it. And I think it'll just help you to be able to write letters and say how you feel. I think it'll be cathartic for you because
5: mm-hmm.
1: okay, that's how I'm you like, work.
5: It, it's
4: like yeah. healing for me. Yeah, it's, I have it's to good go for you.
1: My, I have to
4: go through my emotions. Yeah, it's good <laughs> so for you. So I can close the
1: door. Okay. Yeah, and, and then, you know, the more we question vaccines, <laughs> uh, then I think then we create better ones or we realize that we don't need them as much, (laughs) you know? Um, So I I think it has positive aspects, but yeah, it was his time to go. He, he adores you. He loves you. Uh He said, you've been a very good owner to him. He said, you always worried about him though, that you, Uh you always worried about his health. And uh, he wants you to know that you don't have to worry about his health anymore because he doesn't have a body that's going to get diseased, you know? Uh And so, um, he sends you lots of love and blessings, and he's grateful that he was put down, you know, because that's what needed, or whatever happened towards the end, yeah. that's what he really needed. And uh-huh. um, he sends you tons of love. And I, I would, again, you know, just continue writing those letters for now, not if it's driving you crazy, but just as a, f- a form of grief for uh-huh. you to uh-huh. release. And um, you've, you have been an incredible owner for your dog, and that's a blessing for both of you. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. And I'm really sorry for your loss. I truly am. Yeah. Well, do you think I should
4: pursue just write another letter and let it go? It's not going to
1: do any good? Well, I don't think in the long run it's going to do much, quite frankly. (laughs) But I think it's more for your own healing. So that's something you can ask yourself every day. Is it going to feel like a healing thing for me to write a letter, or do I want to go take a nap? You know, just make that decision on your own. Okay. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Again, our deepest condolences. Okay, bye-bye. All right,
0: bye-bye. All right, let's talk to Melinda in Federal Way now.
1: Hi, Melinda, how are you? Hello, how are you? I'm good, good. You know, working on getting more rest, but I'm good. Yeah, what good. Can, <laughs> what can I do for you?
5: Well, just
1: like a karma checkup <laughs> okay you know I just love how people want karma checkups I think it's hysterical I think it's really hysterical oh
5: thank
1: you <laughs> yeah well hmm karma I'm I'm just looking at your your energy's kind of everywhere it, okay you know so do you tend to be like that kind of a personality like do you think of a ton of things at one time do you, oh are you yeah multitasker yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm actually, what I'm doing is kind of asking your energy to kind of come all together for me I'll so I can have too. a, oh, thank you. <laughs> okay. So I can have a better picture, you know, from a karmic standpoint. Cause that's kind of a big question, <laughs> karma. It's kind of a big question. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. But it's an interesting topic. I'm it, glad. Oh, you good. It. Good, good. I'm also teaching a workshop, I think in July about past lives and karma and Ooh. healing past lives. Yeah, you can go to the website and look at it. Okay. Um, so that should be a fun. I've taught it once before a few years ago and absolutely loved it. So, yeah, so now your inner. thank you for helping, your energy is more relaxed. Oh, good. Yeah, and, and so a kind of a similar read from our last karma question, but slightly differently, because you know how fast you are. I mean, really your energy is more like a squirrel. You know, it's uh-huh. very fast, quick, you can get a lot done, Maybe not always completing your tasks, but you can get a lot done. And so you tend to do that with people in your life, too. You like to help people, and uh-huh. and so you tend to take on other people's work that they need to do themselves. Do you know, what oh. you know what I'm talking about? Oh, totally. Okay, so karmically, it would be in your best interest to knock it off, to stop uh-huh. doing that, because really people heal themselves. You know, even in my practice, even though I as a healer and I facilitate opportunities for people, I can shift their energy, like how we're shifting your energy right now. But I notice how I said we, Mm -hmm. um, and I can give you tasks and homework and all of those things. Of course, in my office for a longer period of time, we can do a whole lot more. But what a person chooses to do after they leave my office greatly affects their energy. And so karmically, it would be in your best interest, and it's going to make you feel uncomfortable to stop trying to help people.
5: Wow, that, yeah. that is. Yes. <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> but it will be better for you. And again, people need to do it themselves. So they need to take responsibility for their lives. So you can certainly offer information if you want to, but then you need to not worry about it. Don't think about it. Don't try to help them from afar. Just you need to cut the strings or just live your life. You know, like when I'm not working, I don't think about other people and their problems. I okay. think about, ooh, are my feet hurting? Do I need food? Um, you know, gosh, do I want to buy a new purse? You know, I mean, I try to just be in my body and not be connected to everyone else. Okay. Okay, so karmically, that's what you need to work on.
3: That sounds great. Okay, good luck. Thank you. Thank you so much.
1: You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And, you know, I'm teaching a class on Thursday night. I'm stepping into consciousness Thursday 7 to 9 at Redmond Town City Marriott. So that's exciting, too. Oh, yeah. yeah,
0: absolutely.
1: Yeah. And you have another question.
0: I do. And I'm hoping that we have time to get this in. Okay. Uh, it comes from Anonymous. All right. She says, or they say, <laughs> Hi, Marie, welcome back home. Sounds like you had a fantastic Aww. trip to Italy. Thank I you. imagine you're recovering, easing into your current time <laughs> zone, feeling a little chilly with that the That sounds like temps. a
1: traveler right there. Yeah. And <laughs>
0: catching up on post holiday laundry. <laughs> yeah. Definitely someone who's traveled before.
1: Right.
0: I'm hoping to get some advice from you as my highly appreciated an unofficial mentor. The house is sold, uh, freeing up equity, which will soon be distributed. And my daughter will be going into first grade in August, allowing me more time to schedule clients and pursue my dreams. The question I have for you is, can you give me any guidance on the best way to market my business in order to grow my client base? I have tried holding a taster event, which was moderately successful, and recently attended a body and soul fair. Again, moderately successful, but both left me with a feeling of being the completely wrong approach. Other than word of mouth, which is ideal but slow, I'm unsure of the best way to proceed. Magazine advertisements have been costly with no return. If you have any ideas, I will greatly appreciate your thoughts on the topic, and we have just about a minute.
1: Okay. I love this question, by the way. Can I just say radio? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. But, but no, I love this question. Um, I, d- I didn't even have a website until 2004, and I had already been in business for five years. So truly, you know, advertising, and I do advertise, but I do it actually for tax write-offs and to spend money so I can pay less to the IRS. Um, I do it for fun, actually. Even the radio show, I do for fun. Um, I don't do it to create business. I already have quite a bit of business and I'm grateful for it. So I actually, and I work this with my second year mentoring students um, who are building practices or already have them, is it's really about your feelings about yourself and your ability to feel that you're successful and appreciating and valuing who you are. And then that way you attract fun things to do. Like when I do the Northwest Women's Show, it's because it's fun, not because I feel I have to and I need to buy a booth. No, most of the time I don't even have to buy a booth. I just go and have fun and hang out with everyone. So, I w- we can even talk about that some more maybe on Thursday when I'll be interviewing my writing coach, Emily Warren, which I'm thrilled about. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the show. Such a pleasure. Even though I'm missing gelato, I'm very happy to be back on the radio talking to all of you. Um, joyful, joyful blessings, everyone. Until Thursday. Bye bye.